Tommy Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your Tilo, Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the low in your Tilo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello. How are you, husband? Amazing. I know. You are amazing. And the house smells amazing. I and tell know. us why. <laughs> I, I don't feel the need to let people know oh, every please, single thing I'm baking. Oh, please. And this is, look, listen, I said that the baking was done after Christmas, and it is done. So this is for a sick family member that we're going to visit tomorrow. I am making some biscotti. That's it. And they smell amazing every time you make them. Martha Stewart, cranberry, pistachio, lemon, cornmeal, biscotti. Go look it up. And I can't wait to have one of them. They're not with for you. coffee in the morning. They're not well, for you, you. You said you're making extra. Of Come course, on. I made extra. But anyway, uh, it's, I, it's just that I had a um, uh, I had a pound of pistachios left over after the. Um, we always happen to have something. No, left I over. did. I had a pound of pistachios <laughs> left over after the holidays. We're going to visit a family member who actually loves these cookies that I usually make every Christmas, but I didn't make them this year. And I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna go. They really are amazing. Bring some with me. Yes. Use up my pistachios. Anyway. That's not interesting. It is interesting because, you know, I walk in from the gym and then the house smells like... Amazing. And all that work you did at the gym is completely undone by butter and sugar. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Um, I know. It's the eternal struggle. Anyway. Anyway. um, We are doing an all-TV talk. Life is hard with biscotti. Yes, we're doing an all-TV talk uh, PSO this week. We actually haven't done much TV for a while. There was a lot of movie stuff. Right. And oh good God, there was a lot of royal stuff, and I do oh not want to talk no, about any not, of those people. We're um, not going to talk about them. So we are devoting some time to TV shows that we love, don't love, um, and can't stop talking about, basically. Um, first up is a little bit of news that came out last week, which um, I, I, I people acted like they were surprised, but this casting was announced last year. A long time ago, yeah. Uh, John Corbett who played Aiden, uh, Carrie's second fiancé, or no, no, was, I guess he was her first fiancé. No, I think it was first, yeah. He was, she, he was her first fiancé, that's correct. Um, in Sex and the City, uh, they had a terrible breakup, uh, and then he showed up in the second movie, and it was a terrible idea then, and he's back in season two of the Sex and the City sequel series, and just like that. Now, I knew he was coming, I didn't know what their plans were, I didn't. I don't think I actually thought about it that much. I guess mm. I thought like a lot of characters, he was going to stop in and show his face or something. Or I don't know because last we heard from him, he was married and had several kids. Obviously, these things can change. Well, he's probably divorced now and and or you know he's ready, a dead wife, ready for both, love. They're yeah. both going to ponder. Which is my God. But anyway, they tweeted anyway. out this picture of Sarah Jessica Parker uh, in costume looking a little jackassy because that costume was way too much uh and him uh walking down the street together holding hands and i ranted a little bit about it on i mean it, literally none of this matters and i it we kind of knew it was I, happening anyway but i it did bring up something like yeah this is why i i really was so i don't want to say i hated that show but i because we're gonna recap season two but that's the whole point people love to hate that show so i i'm was very disappointed in that show. And the major reason why I was disappointed is because I think it has the dreariest, dreariest, most depressing view of what your 50s must be like I have ever seen on television. I mean, we're not talking Golden Girls here, which is, you know, they were all in their 50s when that show started. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Um, This, and I hated it. It made the three remaining cast members, the three original remaining cast members, they all look like, you know, 
they didn't know how to talk to black people and they didn't understand trans and they, and everything was so and they were all obsessed especially Carrie obsessed with things that were 20 to 30 years in the past in so many different ways i i said when we recapped that season i said i could tell that it was a season written by 40 somethings because it was all the obsessions you have in your 40s and if you're in your 50s and you're still worried about impressing the hot girl who lives on the first floor of your building you're sad (laughs) in the 40 in your 40s it's natural to go through that oh my god i'm not young i'm not cool i'm not hot but if you're in your mid 50s still pursuing that nonsense that's sad yeah and it made her look and i was like you know carrie i i loved carrie carrie was my girl carrie is of my generation i had hoped for better for her i had hoped that she would have been a cool f- there are so many freaking cool 50 somethings in new york media and new york fashion right i don't know she's understand not that. she yeah. does not exist in a world where she would not be a viable figure um uh, several people said that i mean you, you new york I you're mean, a you, best-selling yeah uh, you know no essayist uh, and you wrote for vogue and you bet you were a girl about town there's plenty of women like right. that in new york and they have fabulous listen lives. i know it's hard to date date people in new york but you can go out with people you can you know have a good time and whatever right. meet people i'm not totally opposed to old loves rekindling blah 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 but the show is so obsessed with every part of its own past that it tends to make the stars the characters look really sad so here's carrie and aiden even though it was clear 20 years ago that they were fatally wrong for each other and that's the thing about it that kind of makes me sad i was, I was like Originally, Sex in the City had some really adult takes on romance. And with like Big and Carrie, it was you can't make a man change right, no right. matter how much you love him. And with Carrie and Aiden, it was sometimes you can love someone and they're just wrong it for you. It was a beautiful, horrible breakup. Right. But <laughs> it was that makes grown up and adult. Yeah, exactly. And it had some things to say about romance that shattered right. some of the tropes that, you know, you you can change a man or you can make it work. No, sometimes you can't make it work. And that's what was so great about that show. And this, everything, the movies and now this have done everything they can to upend all the work that show did. People forget, and it's a shame because they're ruining their legacy, but they forget how revolutionary that show was in the 90s. Right, that's the thing. The show, as someone, as many people have pointed out already, uh, it was very problematic when you look at it from, you know, our perspective now. Right. But... It was also groundbreaking. It was in a groundbreaking. Way. Yeah, and and they're just shattering everything. I mean, Tab is right here in the Tab middle. Tab Hunter is walking all over our oh sale equipment. Oh my god! Come on, Tab. Anyway, um, they just don't care. I mean, it's just like, it, I guess they just well, it's it's back, and it, the fans want to see all right, the old and, hits. And, right. I think that's what it is. They just want to see all the characters back, and so all right, so we'll just make up some stupid, you know, connection here or whatever. Or plot. I don't want to gatekeep everyone's allowed to be a fan of this show in whatever way they want to. But I do think the longer, you you know, the longer it's Sex in the City, the series is in the rearview mirror, the more I realized there were a, a subset of viewers and fans who watched that show because it had a gritty take on 30-something 
dating in the city and all the just disappointing. Remember there were those people. And then there are the other groups of fans who went to the Magnolia Bakery to buy the cupcakes and went on the tours in New York City and think it's all about shoes and fashion. And eventually the franchise made it all about shoes and cupcakes and and fashion. So those fans won. I'm not gatekeeping, but I am definitely of the fan that remembers when Carrie had a fake fur coat and her condoms fell out of her purse when she met big and she was smoked and she was a mess. And that was the carry that I love. Right. Not the princess. I'll never forget the episode when she's on the cover of the magazine. And she's a complete mess. <laughs> that, yeah. that episode was fantastic. Oh, when she got robbed and they, it's like, I was robbed. <laughs> right, nobody everyone cared. everyone looked at her like, yeah, whatever. Um, but I now mean, it's stuff like that. It's princess, just, yeah, I fashion, know. fantasy. I know. She's rich beyond rich beyond rich. I know. I mean, she has so, more money than God, but uh, but worries about some, you know, fling that she had or whatever. Yeah, thirty years ago. So of course we're gonna recap it. But I saw that picture and I was like, Ugh, God, I just wish it wasn't this. I wish it was about a bunch of fifty somethings figuring out life in a way that didn't make them all look pathetic. Because my experience is. Not everybody, we don't have, nobody has it all figured out. No decade is the more correct decade. But I do think, generally speaking, most healthy 50-somethings have settled a lot of the bullshit that the right. show keeps dealing with. I agree. Totally Um agree. You just don't have time for that anymore. Like, quite literally, the clock is ticking on your life. You can see the end of it. So you're not worried about shit like whether you're still hot. Like, I don't know. I just think it's foolish, and I would have loved to have seen a show that, uh, what, what's it like for these women to prepare for their 60s, or to, you know, to enter their senior years? Some of them are old enough to be grandma. Well, they've long been old enough to be grandmothers, but you know what I mean? Like, right. just nothing about it feels true to the characters I knew in, like, 1998, and um, it doesn't feel like a very interesting take. But yes, I will recap every episode of this podcast. Of course, of course. I mean, everybody wants to watch it. I mean, all the magazines, everybody talks about the show, because, you know, you... People like to point out the, the things that are going wrong with it. It's a true. Is there anything else you want to say about that? I just figured no, we would just, weigh I, in. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, here we go again. It's, yeah. it's the same. They're just, as I said, they just bring these characters and uh, they just come up with some phony, you know, story so that they can justify their presence. They also, the other thing is the picture that they had of the two of them, Aiden was in like purple pants and I was like, that's not the Aiden I remember. Like he, he wouldn't address that way. But so they're going to probably dress him in all these crazy outfits now because everyone on the show has to dress like a crazy person now. Whatever. I'm ranting. Remember granola Aiden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, none of that existed. Aiden anymore. with the dog that she lost, remember? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Aiden who bought the apartment next door. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. Um, all those stories. All those stories. And now she's probably 10 times wealthier than Aiden. And they probably won't deal with that at all. because she, Oh, because she's still living in the studio apartment that she, you know moved into when she was like 28 yeah oh my god yes i can't i can't with that that's just dumb if you wanted to store your clothes in that apartment or if you wanted to rent it out to your personal assistant that would make more sense to me than this version of like she's a wealthy 50 something woman in manhattan there's no way you can keep that apartment i mean right you know but it doesn't mean writing studio yeah exactly people do that so many things they could have done with we know people in new york who have like their Place exactly. and then that's the and, other thing, and then a tiny apartment somewhere yes. else to just keep everyone. <laughs> uh, we've known quite a few people with money yeah. in New York, and they have little pieta tears. Anyway, 
blah, 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 whatever. The other thing, I'm going to rant about this next show, and then I'm going to toss to you so that you can talk about your your latest little obsession. Um, we're talking about AMC Plus's The Mayfair Witches. Yeah. Um, which I hate. Um, I read uh, The Witching Hour, and I read Lasher, and I don't remember if I read the entire Th- Anne Rice, uh, I, I think it was way more than a trilogy, series of books on The Mayfair Witches. Um and I read probably three or four of the vampire books. But again, this was like in 1990. This was so long ago. Um, I was excited when I heard they were doing uh, a Mayfair Witches series because I guess, um, I don't know. I think I, I find witches more interesting than vampires. I always have. I right, think right, just right. more. Uh, there's a lot more there to play with. And with vampires, it's all like, ooh, they're sexy and it's homoerotic. And I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Sex animals. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. An interview with the vampire was. I actually didn't finish it. I know some critics really liked it, and I did like the way it looked at the beginning, and I think we talked about it on the podcast. we we watched one episode together. I watched like three or four of the episodes, and it was good. It was a reimagining of the the original novel because they moved it forward in time to the 20th century, and they made uh, Louis a black man, and it was all good. I mean, I really liked those changes. Now, Mayfair Witches. The reason I liked it was because... um, and I kept telling you this. We watched the first two episodes, and I kept turning to you and going, I don't get this. The best part of the book is all about her grandmothers and ancestors. The book goes back and gives you her whole um, family history. And there's like entire segments of the book that are set in in other centuries, in New Orleans, in that grand old house. Like It's such a great setup. It is a 200-year um matriarchal line of witches all living mm. in the same new orleans Maybe house they're, they're saving that for later i know. don't know but they they have focused on um alexandria daddario who you might recognize from the first season of white lotus and i thought she was great in that i've seen her in other things that i think she's fun to watch i think mm-hmm. first off she's drop dead gorgeous. gorgeous yeah and she has a really sort of disarming um uh regular girl quality like she doesn't she doesn't Act like I don't like, think she's someone who understands how, actually yeah. how pretty she is. Sometimes she doesn't take advantage of that. Like, <laughs> no, she's that not. Way. Yeah, she could have gone for hot girl roles, and instead she doesn't. She goes for different. But I, she's so wrong in this. I just you were the one that pointed it out. What did you say? I said, and I I said that she has a very. I, I just said she has a very funny way of speaking of delivering her lines, and she does. She really and it, does. It, and I'm not talking like no, vocal fry. No, or no, we're like not that. talking about it anyway. It, but it, it's just the way she em- emphasized certain things, and it just sounds that bella. Like I, it's weird. She always sounds like she's trying to force lines out of yes, her mouth. Yes, like she, yes, like they're not coming out naturally. Um, I. I I don't think she's a bad actress. We've only seen two episodes, but I really think it's a big, huge disappointment. I, I think um, not Je- her, not, not her act, not her voice or whatever. No, no, I mean the no. show. Yeah, I mean having it's... read the books, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of a letdown. Um, Jack Houston plays Lasher, who is the the sort of demon spirit that haunts these women and that's mm-hmm. and makes them witches. And listen. No tea, no shade against Jack Houston, but in the book, Lasher is supposed to be this unbelievably desirable man. I just don't get it from that. I just 
don't. I'm like, yeah, there's all these scenes where he's like seducing and it's all like, and it's just, I'm like, no, that's not it. That's not it. Like it, 200 <laughs> years of women threw themselves at this guy to make themselves witches because he was so incredibly desirable. And I like Jack Houston, loved him in Boardwalk Empire, but um, it's just not there. Though. It's not yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think he's the hot guy you need. He's attractive, but he, or I'm, sexy. You don't have to be hot, hot, but sexy. In yeah. a way, yeah. And I mean, I don't think that's necessarily his you know thing forte yeah Yeah, you need a guy who really just a panty dropper that's what you need and it's just not the and it's funny because um like the guys in interview with the vampire they're crazy hot crazy hot and they're all being it's all the same um production they're actually all part of the immortal universe they're gonna cross over the books crossed over too uh so um, i don't know like i just it's not working for me on any sense what are your thoughts as someone who didn't read the book i'm always interested in anything about new orleans i think right because the the setup the environment it's it's gorgeous right so i always love that i've always been never read any one of her books but I've, i've always been interested in that environment right um and it's beautiful to look at the the show. It's beautiful. Um, you know, it is. I will give it that. Yeah, the show you can't go wrong in New right. Orleans. Yes, yeah. The show is beautiful. The costumes and everything. But I just felt like I, I'm not a vampire or you know witch supernatural fan. No, I'm not. I'm right. Just, I'm I'm really not interested in that. But I, I gave it a shot, and 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 I kind of liked it. She's her delivery. That's how I put it. Um. Uh, her line readings. Yeah, that's that's better. Um, it's very distracting. It um, is very distracting. And it kind of worked for the White Lotus. I uh, agree, because she was so insecure and everything. Yes, exactly. But, but she's here, actually not playing an insecure character right, here. But it worked somehow. Or maybe it was my first experience with her. My first, you know, first time I watched her. Uh, but this time I was like, oh, here we go again with this. The same cadence. cadence. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Just, just weird. Yeah. I, um... I really feel like, and again, this is not about like say vocal fry or up talking or anything no, like, that. like that. Please, but I, I do think as an actress, she could benefit from from some vocal right. trainings, from, especially her diction. It's not great. Uh, her clarity is not great. Um, I don't think she emphasizes the right parts for the emotional stuff to land. Like she's obviously a talented actress and a trained actress, but. I, as soon as you pointed that out, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. There's nothing wrong with her performance, but her vocal work is not is actually hurting She's it. not there, yeah. Um, Annabeth Gish uh, plays... Um, She's actually good. She's good. I think she's misused in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't want to give a spoiler away about... I loved her dress. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the, the blue dress. The, yeah, the dress she's wearing, um, and which means something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, the, Harry Hamlin's pretty. in it, who plays an uncle, and I mean, he's a big hammy actor, and he's fine with it. I really don't think the cast is bad. Um, I do think the focus is all wrong. Every time you bring up the beauty of New Orleans, I'm like, yeah... You're really not getting that. Like they'll they'll show shot, shots of the house and everything, but right. other series that are set in New Orleans, they will they do a better job. Yeah. I mean, they will linger on the front lines and the and the cemeteries and all and the churches, and you'll get to see all. And they don't really do that in this show, and it, which is strange because Anne Rice was like a queen of new orleans she owned a mansion in in new orleans mm. and she based, and i'm sure she described them in the books i guess she right did she really did she loved that city she was very good at writing about that city about the the mystery and the 
oldness and the you know the dark earthy parts of, you know hidden right, parts right. of New Orleans, um, and none of that's in the show. Um, and like I said, they they haven't yet. Fo- I know they're they're going to, but I really think they should have thrown themselves into the family history because all of those witches in like the nineteenth and twentieth century were way more interesting than Rowan, who which right, is, right. is the present day witch. Um, I, I'm not completely checked out, but I gotta say, I'm not, it's not appointment television. They also combined two male characters, you don't know this from the book, um, one of whom was her lover in the book, and the other of whom was a man who, uh, was in charge of, he was the secret organization that monitored the witches. So they combined them into two characters, but they haven't made him her lover yet, and it's, uh, I just am not feeling any, I'm like, these are, these two men were conceived to be two different things in the book and i they weren't minor characters especially michael the one who in the book she winds up marrying him um they weren't minor characters so it's weird to combine two major characters like that right. into one character right. one of whom was her romantic and i don't know if they're going to pursue that or not so he's just sort of in the background and they haven't you don't get any sense that this guy is actually extremely important to what's going on. In the book, you got it. And I'm, when I say this guy, I mean both of the guys that he played. They split him. I mean, they combined him. I'm not making sense. Anyone who read the book <laughs> will know what I'm talking about. Uh, there was Aaron Leitner and there was Michael Curry, and they were two different people. One was not in love with her at all, and one was very much in love with her. So to combine them into one character who doesn't seem to have any attraction... <clears throat> I don't know. It seems very strange to me. I would love to hear what some of you have thought about right, this. Right, especially if you read the book. Yeah. Because I, I'm i not reading anything. It, no one's talking about these series at all. That's true. When Interview with the Vampire first came out, everyone was like, oh, it's good, it's good. And then it just dropped out of the conversation. And kind of the same here. And this, no one's talking about it at uh. all. Um, so it's a shame. I know um, Anne Rice, before she died, she was executive producer on both of these series. She knew they were coming out. She was working on them. I think she died in, I think during lockdown, like 2020, 2021. It was not that long ago. <clears throat> but it's a shame. Like, they're not, I don't think they're great adaptations of her work. And I, I'm i not some huge Anne Rice fan. When I read those books a long time ago, I mean, I was just barely, I, I was like college age or high school age. Right. But there are hardcore fans out there. So, yeah. Very hardcore fans. So I'm curious what they think about. Right. I would love to know what people think about that change to those two characters. I don't necessarily think adaptations have to be, I mean, I don't get all caught up no, in accuracy. No, they have to go word by word, page by page. But when no. you combine two characters like right. that and you wind up with a, co- a combination character who doesn't seem to have any of the qualities of either of the characters it was based on. I'm like, well, what's... It actually took me until the second episode to realize, oh, he's a version of Michael and Aaron. That's why he's not named Michael or Aaron. Right, right. Anyway, um, I can't say I recommend it. I really Mm. can't. I wish I could. I wish... There's very little sense of magic in it, which it really should be dripping with it. It should be like just dripping with mystery and magic, and it's not. Mm-hmm. And we are two episodes into it. And this might be, you know, a consequence of streaming bloat where all these series think. Well, that's the thing. There's and here's the so thing. much out they're there. They're canceling series that are in the can, and they're not even going to show them. I know. So it's been bad. We're not 
we're in that phase in the streaming era where it's like, well, you actually can't take your time. You better get an audience hooked in the first episode because, and that's how it was back in the network days. Right. Um, it gets to, yeah. I mean, I and I'm I'm always looking for stuff to watch, and and I'm I'm someone who will stay a little longer watching it, even if I don't like it. But a lot of people just, you know, drop it. After I drop a, few a lot of yeah. shows. There's yeah. no time, and there's right. and there's so many options right now, and it it any 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 triggers you in a way that like you 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 trying to find something to watch you're like oh this one has eight episodes i don't know i don't wonder if i want to commit right <laughs> you know that kind of thinking that you didn't have before i think now it came out, like yeah i'm sorry i no. think it came out that uh in the last couple of weeks that there was something like 600 scripted series that were released in 2022 that is wow 50 a month 50 a month that is crazy um I cannot, and it's so no. funny when you go out in the world, you talk to people, and you know people will come to us right. to talk about mm-hmm. uh, TV Things they watch, yeah, because they think we're so you know because of what we do for everything. a living, and it's like, oh no, I don't watch that. Oh, I don't watch that. And then you tell them about the shows you're excited about, and they're like, oh no, I I never heard of that. Right, and right. We're all living in our little bubbles. It's, it's just very too much. Hard. I, we still have a bunch of movies here that we haven't watched yet. Screeners that we we're right. I, I'm, I still want to watch them. It's just too much. There's too uh, much. There's content. too much content. Yes, I agree. Although I. You shouldn't call TV shows and movies content. There's too much entertainment. No, there's too much content, but in a way that's good because I think that there's more variety now. You can look for something. You can look for a certain topic or whatever. That's true. Or even country. Now, thanks to Netflix a lot, you can watch Korean movies or Korean shows now much more. I agree, but I feel like a lot of the streamers are going to start cutting that stuff. True. Because they're clearly Uh cutting costs left, right, and center. And one thing I want to point out is when the streaming explosion happened and we were supposedly in peak TV, one of the arguments for all of these shows coming out, and it is the best argument, was that um, this, this, this avalanche of content and creativity allowed for the first time for voices who were not yes, normally... Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. So there were TV shows, I'm, I'm talking about American TV shows, that were developed for queer people or brown people or right. trans people that would not have gotten... Uh, the light of day prior to the streaming era, except those tend to be the shows that get canceled first and when they're making all these cuts. It's always the shows right. that have oh, brown yeah. people in it or black people in it or trans people. Those are the ones that are getting cut. And if you look like HBO, it's like, I swear to God, that's going to be an all-white channel someday. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, well, that was a bit of a ramble. You have a show you is, want to talk about. All right, about. but just the good news is that Mink is back. Mink, it's back. My, one of my favorite shows is back. Talk about so, Minx. No, Mink, we, I already I talked about I called it The Minx, and he corrected no, me like called, a big Minx. snotty it's, jacket. It's, it's, it's about a magazine in the 70s uh, with Naked Man, and it, it was a very interesting show. It was on um, Showtime, right? Uh, was it? Oh, my God. No, I can't remember. And now it's going to be... No, it was on... Uh, Hulu. I can't remember. Oh my god, that's horrible. But anyway, it's it's back. They they had no. It was on HBO, wasn't it? Because they they're the ones who, yeah. Yes, HBO it canceled. Was HBO yeah. Max. HBO canceled, and even got rid of the first season, which I don't understand. Why would you do that? But anyway, stars. Okay, I'm looking it up. Star, we weren't planning on talking about I'm it. Sorry. That's why we were so unprepared. Stars picked it up. Yes, but the good news is that they're also keeping season one because I, I don't understand. Do you pay more energy? Do you pay more power for hosting keeping? those? Oh, is that what it is? First, it's not about hosting. It's about having to pay out the residuals to yeah. the actors. and the. Oh, yes. that explains That's it. why they remove them uh, from their site because every time someone watches it, 
on their site, they have to pay money to residual to all those That's people. That's a very good answer to that. That's why it's know. so shitty that they're canceling all these shows that are by, you know, disenfranchised oh, creators, a lot of black perform, like Batgirl, you know, it's, it's very shady. All right, hmm. you have a show you anyway, want to talk I've been about. Anyway, I've been watching a lot of things on Netflix, but I want to focus on one that is very sweet and endearing and great show uh, called The Makanai Cooking for the Maiko House, which is about two... It's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. It's. It, I read a few articles about it, the director and everyone talking about it, and it's very sweet. It. I joke that it's a little bit Hallmark-ish. Uh, because it's very sweet and everything is adorable, but it's actually a very interesting story. It's about it's the story of, of two uh, friends. They're very close friends, and they decide to become um, Maiko, which is a geisha apprentice. Uh, you know, before you, you you know you become a geisha, you are an apprentice, and that's called Maiko. Um, so they go to the school where they have to learn everything to become a and geisha. This is set in present day, unlike yes, a lot well, of geisha yes. well, stories. Well, that's what the director and everyone was saying. That is a modern day fairy tale or take on, you know, the, the whole Japanese tradition of, of geisha. The interesting thing about it is that uh, the show is really well done and it's really pretty and sweet. Um, if you want something light that, you know... Uh, like I said, endearing and sweet, watch it. Um, what I like about it is that they go to the school, the two girls, and uh, one does really well, the other doesn't. I'm not giving anything away. That's part of the plot. And um, so they tell her that she can't be a geisha that, or a Maiko because she doesn't have the skills, So, but she's a great cook. So she uh, starts cooking for the uh, people, for the employees in the uh, house. And she makes these amazing dishes and food and stuff. So that's all about that, which is interesting because I don't cook at all. And watching, the, if you like to cook or if you like to watch people cooking, this show does such a beautiful job presenting how she makes every dish, how much she loves every dish and to make them and her love for all the vegetables and, and all the ingredients and everything. It's just really, really interesting. So it's not just about, you know, uh, learning to become a geisha, but also... The story of this girl uh, and her love and obsession with food and preparing food and everything. It's it's really sweet. If you just give it a shot and enjoy something light and not, you know, I don't know, something that I'm it, surprised you're it's being not going to so require. Because you didn't seem to love it when you were watching. No, because it's very, like I said, it's very like Hallmark-ish in a way that everything is too sweet and adorable and everyone is perfect and nothing bad happens. Right, kind of right, stuff. right. Um, and you know, at some point you're like, all right, but it's great. It, I know. I, I always say that. <laughs> I know. know. I, I always, I, yeah. Sometimes I say like that. I, I don't like it, but it's good. And, and for some people that doesn't make sense. Anyway, it, I like this person, but I love you anyway. <laughs> and I think our listeners actually understand Anyway, I highly, I, I recommend it. I think it's a sweet show. And if you like food and if you like that type of story, uh, and you know, if you want to watch how you you learn to become a geisha, and, and you know in modern times, and it it's a great show to yeah. watch on Netflix. It's called Watch the Makanai. Makanai, I I looked that up. It means uh, food for employees or meals for employees because that's what she does. She cooks for everybody. Uh, What's the name of it again? Watch the Makanai Cooking for the Maiko House. And okay. Maiko is apprentice. Uh, it just well, came out this apprentice. week on Netflix, did it not? I think so. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. It's like I said, it's very sweet. Give it a shot. All righty. 
And finally, oh, we yes. want to talk about oh, the God. big show of the year, the biggest I show of the year so far. I am obsessed. I can't stop. Can I say the name of it I first? can't stop thinking about it. Psst. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the Last of Us on HBO, which we wrote a very long recap this uh, weekend when the first episode aired. I think we're probably going to be following along with weekly recaps. We've seen half the season so far. Um, and I'm really just here to sing its praises and to note that um, it's not The Walking Dead, right? No, it's, it's not The not Walking Dead at the all. The Walking not Dead. Not at all. And I, you know, no tea, no shade against The Walking Dead. I was hooked on that show for like seven seasons and then I bailed. The Walking Dead in the beginning was fantastic, I have to say. It was something new that hadn't been For the first three, yeah. three to four seasons, it was yeah. pretty good. Even it though was really, really good. Some of those early cast members were terrible. But, um, but that's true of most show like Lost. You it's know, not they, true with this show, no, The Last of Us. No, this show, everyone is excellent. Out of the gate. Yes. Great acting. Um, one of the things I want to point out, okay, well, you can read the review and we'll set the table a little bit, but it's essentially, the reason we compared it to The Walking Dead is because it is a post-pandemic slash zombie, although they're not zombies, um, post-apocalyptic scenario um, in which most of the world's population has died off. And if you haven't seen The Walking Dead, maybe you watched Station Eleven last year, which wasn't a zombie uh, series, but it was about the world after a pandemic had right. wiped out most of the population. And I have to say, maybe because we went through a pandemic and we're still going through it <laughs> in a way. All but, of this stuff hits differently but, now. Yeah, exactly. I, that's what I was going to say. It, it feels more real this time watching this as right. opposed to when we watched uh, The Walking Dead. Right. Um, yeah. um, but uh, The Last of Us has a really, really good cast. Um, and in the first few episodes, the main cast is Pedro Pascal, Anna Torv, and Bella Ramsey. And who's amazing? All three of them are so well cast in these parts because let's just start off by saying that the, the Last of Us is an adaptation of a 2013 video game. And uh, it was an award winning video game, extremely popular. And one of the things it was most known for, uh, sort of among gaming press and among its fandom was the um, depth of its storyline and the acting in the game. Um, people yeah, I know, I know people fell ahead. in love with those characters and the storyline is um, deeply affecting and it, it goes places and it ends. I ain't going to say how it ends, although all the, everybody who played the game knows how it ends, but it, it's epic. And yes, and it's funny because I see a lot of things being set up early on in the series for Good. that finale. Yeah. Uh, but go ahead. I'm sure they're going to have some season. You don't understand acting in video games? Is that what no, you're going to say? First of all, I have never played a video game in my life. Right. Ever. Neither one of us are Ever. Gamers. Ever. Never tried one. And now I want to try it. Now I want to play Yeah, this I game. mean, they're... Number one. Number two is that I don't understand how you can have stories in a game that makes no sense to me. All right, I will quickly I explain this to you. And any gamer who's listening is going to be like, well, Tom, oh my God, Tom's Lord, getting this a, wrong. Yeah. No, because I don't even know. I mean, I've, I don't play games all that much. But in a game like The Last of Us, you are in the action. And then in order to get the action, you can't just... Uh, create a video game where people walk around and can do whatever they want. I mean, you can create games but like there that, are, but if their okay. games have Obstacles, an ending, yeah. you have to guide those characters to I certain see. points. So what happens is, 
in a game like The Last of Us, you have to go through a certain gauntlet where you have to get, oh my God, I have to get down this street and there's a million zombies and then we have to get in this store or whatever. And then what happens is when you get in the store, the game takes over uh-huh. and there's a little movie that plays and it sets up what just happened or it explains what just happened and then sets up the next thing you have to do. Uh-oh. I didn't know that. And it gives, if it's done well, it gives the characters that you're playing real emotional stakes. Like, oh my God, I'm Joel. I have to keep Ellie alive. And I'm also mourning my dead dog. That is, that is fantastic. See, I, um, I'm this sure is what people mean when, by now, when they defend gaming as a very 21st century yeah. art form. And it, it, there is something to that. Um, well, director- I'm not big in, in into gaming, but I I do understand that there is artistry in that world, and uh, people have real emotional connections to yes, the characters. Yeah, I know. It was okay. very interesting to to read to be on Twitter when the episode uh, premiered and read all the tweets of all the fans of right. the video game. I mean, right. they were like, "My God, they couldn't believe." It, it, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I, I just I've love reading. Seen all the cutscenes from the game. You can go watch them on YouTube. It will spoil a lot of things for you. But what's fascinating is that the show really did um, completely restage certain moments from the game. All of the dialogue intact. However, I would note that I do not think this show is slavishly devoted to accuracy. When when it feels. When the creators feel that they need a more televisual story, right, exactly. they will go off in certain directions and do things. I can't wait for episode three um, because it is a complete extrapolation and slightly different take on... And yet yeah, still part of the story. It's still part of the story, yeah. but it does differ a little bit yeah. from how these characters were presented in the game. And I'll be interested to see how it goes because season three of The Last of Us is the best episode of television you're going to see. Episode three, you mean, of season Episode one. three of, of The Last of Us is the best episode yes. of television you're yes. going to see. It's one of the most beautiful Jesus, things. Jesus, it's good. I've, I've, I was weeping, and I'm not kidding. I yeah. was crying my eyes out throughout the entire thing. It's just, it's just one of those episodes that is just perfectly done yeah the i cast, can't wait people are gonna go yeah, nuts the actors when they are see amazing this. the performance is amazing everything about it is just perfect absolutely perfect it's done with so much respect and love and and care everything yeah it's, just it's so humane yeah and it's it's so um it's i'm impressed with how specific it is in certain ways right we'll talk about it yeah i don't want to give too no much i don't want to give anything away because you really have to be surprised by what's going on yes i think although there's a lot of there's already articles out there about right, what but, what episode three is about but i um i'm gonna let i'm gonna hope that people listening to this discover it for and don't don't go into it. No, just, just um, watch be it very pleasantly surprised. Yes. And you will then spend the rest of the week thinking about that episode. Oh, also, you'll probably have a headache from crying so much. Oh, I was like, I can still talk. You know, I can't. I, I'm still thinking about it. Oh, it's one of those things where the next I, day yeah, I yes, start crying when I think about it. About it. I, like, I think about it all the time. It's, <laughs> it's one of those great things on television i i love the show I, I, in in general actually i can't stop thinking about the show in general and yeah. i and i have watched every episode a couple of times and i i i, I just want to watch it all the time because right. it, it's so good the acting's amazing uh bella ramsey it's so good she's really really good and she's young oh my god she's so young yeah but she's so good pedro 
uh, Pascal, Pascal. Yeah, this right? is what I wanted to say is that Pedro and Anna and Bella Ramsey, I feel like their casting was smart, not just because they're all good actors and they're all really right for the parts that they're in. But, you know, television viewers, certain television viewers look at those actors and they see their previous performances. Mm-hmm. So you look at Bella Ramsey and you see Leanna Mormont from Game of Thrones and she's immediately shorthanded as badass little girl. And right. that's exactly what Ellie is. <clears throat> Pardon me. Pedro Pascal is just coming off two seasons of The Mandalorian where he is this tough guy who uh, is in charge of carrying a baby around. And, and so he's this tough paternal figure. Um, that's exactly what he's playing here. Right. Anna Torv, she was on Fringe. I freaking loved Fringe um, for I don't know how many seasons where she played a cool, emotionally removed badass <laughs> who was yeah. smarter than anybody in the room. Bam, there's Tess. You don't need these characters explained to you because you understand the who the actors are. Right, right. Just by casting Bella Ramsey, you only cast Bella Ramsey if you're, well, she's a badass teenage girl. That's what she is. You don't need any other... Ex- so that part about it is very smart. We should mention that the creator and writer and, and co-director, co-creator of the show is Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl. Oh, amazing show. Which was an amazing limited series that won a shit ton of Emmys and had amazing performances in it. And it was also stunning to look at. There was a lot of money spent on it. I want to watch it again. Yeah. Well, The Last of Us is very much in the vein of that, where it's just stunning to look at. It looks, and I mean, stunning, not in a pretty way but stunning in the like the destruction of it all and everything no the sets are amazing everything about it's amazing um it's just and i well it's a beautifully told you know story i think it, it's just well done it, it's so beautiful i mean i remember uh the walking dead and i i don't want to have to i don't want to like compare all it's the inevitable time. but yeah but, but my point is that it this looks a lot more real uh, more, I don't know, more natural in a way, what they go through and how they go through things. And I don't know, it feels more like kind of we went through in a way, in a very small way. But you know Here's what I mean? a few like, things that I really just want to point out that I loved. Um, at one point, Bella Ramsey needs to go to the bathroom and she leaves the room and uh, Anna Tor picks up an old 20-year-old ratty old magazine and throws it at her. And, you know, she grabs it and she goes. And you really don't need that explained why she needs paper. Right. Um, And then there's a scene where Pedro Pascal is dealing pills, dealing opioids, and they're in a little Ziploc bag. And he tells the person he's dealing with, I need the bag back. And it's little things like that that really tells you, okay, they thought about what it's like to live in that world where nothing's being manufactured. Right, Things like Ziploc bags are, you got to hold on to, you don't throw anything away. Women are wiping with old magazines. Like, they thought about it. They thought, this is one of the biggest reasons I left the Walking Dead uh, after like seven seasons is because I thought that world that they lived in made no goddamn sense. That uh, it was just this world of anarchy and and starvation. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't expect a happy ending for humanity, but um, like right from the beginning, The Last of Us posits a a, a version of the world that I'm like, yeah, that makes absolute sense. Right. The, what the government wouldn't collapse because I'm sorry, the government has tanks and aircraft and they just zombies would not take over the government but what would happen is you would have a totally fascistic government and people would be living under total fascist rule in these quarantine zones that are you know surrounded by giant walls um 
that makes more sense. That makes more sense than people yeah. rolling around in the mud for seven seasons. I know eventually they did create a society on on the. In fact, that was about the time I started. I stopped watching it. Um, but The Last of Us starts you at, at that point. It was sort of like Station Eleven did a great thing where they just threw you into it and they right. created a world. I don't think Station Eleven's world. It was a very small world, but I don't think it made total sense. But at least it people were living their lives like mm-hmm. it, the problem with the walking dead it was like they just couldn't fathom anyone trying to build a life in that world so they just made it pure right. misery right. porn right. all right. the time i don't think the last of us is misery porn at all no i i it doesn't feel that way um it's it's very emotional it, it feels in a way. hopeful in yeah, so many ways and it's ways. very emotional in a way um the first episode and i'm not going to give anything away but the first episode the first 20 minutes it's so dramatic. And yeah, well, it shows you the, the basically the end of the world. And it's just, but it's done in a way that you're like, oh my god, I can't believe this just happened. Yeah, and, your anxiety and, and, is and, just and, like and, rising. And, and Pedro Pascal, it, 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 he's just is that Pascal his his last Pedro name? Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Yeah, he his performance in that moment is just oh my god. When he says no, 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 I wanted to. Oh my God! Die there. Right, right, it was right. just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The acting's just off the chain. Absolutely cane. incredible. The writing is just very grown up. I feel um, it's still the same story in a lot of ways. I'm uh-huh. not going to sell this as some big major twist on. It's still post-apocalyptic. Right. There are still shambling undead sort of right. creatures wandering around that bite people, um, and. I, I people die like characters die in it, uh, I, and so yeah. so I, don't get attached to anyone. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty clear by the third or fourth well, episode which characters are absolutely not dying until the end of the series. But uh, excuse me. What um, I also love is that they go on a journey. These two main characters. It's a quest, like a video game. Yeah, it's a and, quest. They're not just sitting. Yeah, and that the great thing about that is that allows you to have all these amazing guests. Yes. yes. Oh my God! And oh, the scenery changes actors. every week yes, because yeah, they're yeah. literally on the road. Um, and it's HBO, so they can spend the money to make it. Yes. Look. That, that's the thing is that The Walking Dead. Remember, they spent an entire season in a prison. Right, right. Um, or another entire season on a farm, like because they didn't spend a lot of money to show you that world. It was all shot in the uh, you know Georgia countryside, and they kept it there, and that's fine. But um, uh, you know, the first episode, of the last of us, is starts off in Texas and ends up in Boston, right? Um, and it it's it pulls wide to show you, like it shows you Boston, um post-apocalypse and there's a lot of special effects and everything like that and you know this isn't necessarily a selling point but it is nice to see someone put money into a show like this rather than try and do it on the cheap right um so you will have several incredible people doing one episode and then it's just great yeah great As, to see i that. mean i don't know because the time structure of the story it does bounce around the timeline i mean it starts right. off in 2003 and uh, it the quote present day the story is 2023 but uh, in several of the episodes, it bounces back. Right. And uh, and one <coughs> one of the other things I like about this in in again we're comparing it to The Walking Dead is right from the jump it's it's pretty much explained what's happening. Right. And that's it's fine that The Walking Dead chose another way to go. Uh, there is a certain horror in uh, no one knows what the hell happened. It just happened. Um, but there's. There's something, for me at least, 
I like to have my world set up in a way that makes sense. My speculative, if you're showing me science fiction or fantasy or, or the apocalypse, I'm just one of those nerds where I'm like, fine, but whatever you're showing me has to make some sort of sense. It can't, you can't just throw shit out there and expect me to think that humans <laughs> would live this way. So I like that. I, I really respond well. Boundaries to- for you. Um, established world. Yeah. I think in any speculative fiction, this is why Tolkien is Tolkien. You need to establish the world in which that is all happening. You can't just say it's yeah. Middle Earth mm-hmm. and not explain what Middle Earth is. You need to, ex- you know, right. he wrote every freaking language in Middle Earth. He wrote the creation myths. I'm not saying that's necessary. But um, in speculative fiction, you can only go so far in not explaining how these things work. Right. Um, so I, I enjoy, I guess it's sort of like Star Trek, which explains everything about that world and Star Wars, which doesn't, it throws you into the world. (laughs) Uh, Don't get me wrong. Both, both, um, both approaches work. Star Wars and Star Trek are very different from each other. Um, so I'm not saying you can't do just throw them in and, and don't explain. That is what The Walking Dead was, but I do actually like a world that is explained to me Mm. um and i don't need charts i don't need i just you know have it show like i said she threw a magazine at a girl that needed to pee and he said give me that bag back and then there's little moments without giving anything away uh where a gay character starts giggling at something and i thought i don't think i've ever seen someone act that way i've seen gay characters in in these stories but someone just had a moment where they were like uh, Right. This giggly little gay, you yeah, know, there's, there's stuff like that, right? There's a scene I'm not going to name the characters, but there's a scene there in the car, and 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 the character said, "Well, this is my first time in a, in car. a car." Well, you can say that about Ellie. Ellie's 14 anyway, years old, but and she's it's, it's never so been in a cool. car. It's so cool. Because she's like, "Oh my like, god, oh, this okay. is like a spaceship to me." Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. she was born after the apocalypse. So all um, that stuff. Yeah. yeah cool. So she'd never been on an airplane, so she was asking what that was like. Um, it's just very, very thoughtful. The game upon which it was based was very thoughtfully done. And then Craig Mazin, a very thoughtful writer and director and producer, took it on right. and made it even more nuanced. It has so much depth to it. And I've only seen four episodes out of eight or nine. I can't remember. Melanie Linsky pops I up know, later. Oh, amazing. I mean, oh, um, Nick Offerman is in it. Murray Bartlett is in it. Um, and they're all incredible. They're just all amazing. Incredible. Just amazing. I cannot recommend. I mean, it really is uh, my favorite show right now. And I think for an actor, there's some sort of freedom to just do something for one episode. I think you, it, it's liberating in a way that sure. you, you're just doing it for that moment and right. you're giving everything you, right. you got, you know, just for that hour. Uh, so it shows. They're it all does. incredible. They're really, really good. Um, I think it is the water cooler show. We don't have water cooler shows, but in the sense that the last one we had was probably um, House of the Dragon, where it just seemed like everybody was talking about that one show. I feel like this is the show this year that you're all going to yes, want to yes. talk about. I mean, when we watched the first screen, Arrow said, this is going to be major. Yeah. And everyone is talking about it. Yeah, already. it had, um, I think it had a record-breaking premiere for HBO. Yes, yes. Um, so I have no idea how many um, seasons they have planned, because it is a series. There's going to be more than one season, and there are two games. 
So there's, oh, yeah, there's the last of us part two. I'm not giving anything away. Like if you watch, because Lorenzo, he asked about the cutscenes, and I'm like, yeah, you can watch them. There's the whole, they compile them on YouTube and they're like. I have to watch them. It's like at, at the length of a movie. I think it's like hour, an hour and 40 minutes long, but it'll tell you, it'll take you all the way to the end of the story. Like, no, I don't want that. Yet. Yeah. I'm not sure yet. you want No, that. no, I do not want to see what. What's happening? Yeah, but. I don't... It might taint things. No. Not taint, but I mean, knowing... Whatever. No. I'm someone who doesn't like that sort of stuff no, too spoiled. No. But yeah. I was going to be writing the recaps, and I, I was like, please, any adaptation, Outlander, Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, I've been down this road plenty of times. If you're going to write about it, you better know what the hell you're writing oh, about. Yeah. Oh, they'll tell Because you. the fans will just rake you over the coals. So... I spoiled myself. I'm like, I need to watch these cutscenes. Right, right. I need to. I I may actually buy the game because it actually does look like a great game. Um, I know. I can't believe I want to see the game now. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Anyway, uh, it's interesting because um, Pedro Pascal does not look like the Joel in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I love him. the Joel. He's first so off, the Joel in the game is a white European looking man. He's like blue eyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also much taller, more strapping. Well, they, uh, Bella Ramsey said the same thing about her character. She doesn't look anything right? like Yeah, Ellie. she said that her character is it's like the, the very pretty, basic She's standard. very pretty. She's like a little nymph. Yeah, um, like the very standard. So I actually bird. like that they uh, yeah. um, cast people. Like they picked people. Bella Ramsey, you know, no, I'm not shading her looks or anything, but she's not some sweet, pretty little ingenue type, which is almost what Ellie looked like. And... You know, Joel in the game is he's weathered. He's supposed to be an older man, um, but he's still he looks he looks like a pinup. I mean, he looks like a movie star. So it's you know, Pedro Pascal has more of a rougher look. Right. You know, he more of an everyman look. So it really works for me. Um, me too. <laughs> Nick Offerman. Funnily enough, he actually looks a lot like the character. Really, in the game. Ah, the character Frank in the game does look a lot like that. He looks so good. Uh, uh, he, do- he actually does look good with his hair long. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anything else about that is highly no. recommended oh if you haven't God. watched it already. Please watch. Oh, this. I should let you know that the producers Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin have said that they. They uh, devised this series in a way that they are not focusing on the violence. And right. you have seen four episodes with me, and it's not. No, I it's mean, not. people get shot and everything, but, but you, it's no. like off screen or. Yeah, it's not as bad as. Like as, at The Walking Dead, yeah. people, they were ripping out, you know, yeah, body parts and everything. It's none of that. There's not gore. Um, at one point, a character stabs another car uh one of the creatures in the head and they actually do it off screen you don't even see that i'm like right. wow they are really it is it's not about that it is yeah. not about that they actually they live in that world so the show has to pay you know deference to the fact that yes their lives are full of death and violence but the show's not about that in i mean the walking dead was literally about that right um so if you're like, oh my god, I, I don't want to watch something that's too scary or too gory. Well, it's not. It's just I, remember, Lorenzo's watching. <laughs> if Lorenzo's telling you to watch it, yeah, and listen, hardcore, you know, like zombie fans or whatever might wrinkle their nose and say, "What do you mean it's not scary? What's the point?" And that's fine if that's what you want out of it, out of that genre. I mean, you have every right to say that, but for me, I'm more interested in. Uh, I've right. seen I've seen zombies eat people's heads a million times i've seen them pull out the intestines and everything else i've seen it i'm more interested in the journey i think i am so much more interested in what is it like to live yes and exist in that world um and that to me has been the most the fact that they're on a quest across country which will be explained why in the first episode 
I'm so excited because I'm like, oh, so you're going to get to see like the country. You're going right. to get to see communities that people live in or whatever. Um, and there's, you know, I'm sure it's going to be incredibly violent and, you know, it's not right. going to be a great view of humanity. And always not always friendly. You know. No, but um, good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. Good stuff. Good yes. stuff. Cannot recommend it. it enough. Love it. So I think that's it for TV. Yes, I think so. And I think that's it for this week's podcast. Yay. So, um. We will be back next week. They are uh, releasing the Oscar noms next week. Oh, dear. So I suspect we'll be talking a little bit about that yes, for next week's yes, podcast, yes. among other things. And whatever else crosses our eyes and crosses our desks, that's what we'll be talking about. So until then, take care of yourself. Love you. Mean it. Bye-bye. Bye.